0: Welcome to TJ's Let's Talk series, which is an offshoot of his podcast from 1991 to 2021. The aim of this podcasting series is to get gay and bi men, or people who identify as gay and bi men, to talk about their mental health more openly. This series of podcasts may contain triggers for some people. This episode goes in depth regarding my drug recovery program experiences. Please listen with caution. Recovery programs. There are two main drug and alcohol recovery programs. One is the 12-step model and the other is Smart Recovery. I'm not going into too much detail here, so if you want to find out more about these recovery programs, they are literally a web search away. The aim of these programs is sustained recovery, and both of them suggest you remove all the triggers from your old life. This includes removing your toxic friends from your phone contacts and changing your old habits for new ones. Hopefully, by removing the toxic habits in your life, you'll be able to make a fresh start and carry on anew. I was offered counselling at my drug recovery centre and one of the things I wasn't admitting to myself was the fact I was still grieving for the life I thought I lost when I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. My counselling sessions and recovery group sessions were both weekly. So at one point, I had two recovery meetings a week. This is where... I realised the difference between gay drug culture and straight drug culture. First off, most of the people in these groups had a cocaine addiction, a weed addiction or an alcohol addiction. These addicts were addicted to one drug, while I was coming in with a shopping list and injecting. Not good. Then there is the fact that gay drug taking is an entirely different beast, i.e. only during sex. Again, this was not good as that is the bit that needed to be tackled. More on that later. Going back to moving away from your triggers. For the others in my group, this meant keeping your two friends, not going to the pub alone, getting rid of your dealer, and so on. By doing this, these people could start moving on with their life. I know I'm simplifying the recovery here, but you can see what I mean. Small changes can make for big results. Problem is... If you're gay, everything can be a trigger. If you're a gay man and want a life, you either go on the scene and constantly encounter the triggers, or you become celibate. There's nothing in between. An alcoholic can go to a cafe for company or drink non-alcoholic drinks in a restaurant. A normal drug addict has a wealth of places where they can go where they won't encounter drugs. After all, the majority of the non-drug-using population wouldn't even know where to start. But if a gay man wants to find a partner, there is nowhere to go except on the scene and the dating apps. If I want to socialise with other gay men, whether that socialising includes sexual activity or not, I have to go where they are. And where they are is where the drugs are. I reached two years clean and I was still going to the group. I mentioned this in our group. What I got was, ''Well, you know your triggers, well done.'' I then said, ''But I'm not socialising with my community.'' I got the same reply, you're avoiding the triggers, well done. But I want a relationship, I said. They replied, but you're two years clean, well done. Being clean was far more important than anything else. I'm sorry, I don't want to be clean and lonely, I want friends and relationships, which means socialising and using the apps. These two are inextricably linked and this is where the traditional drug rehab and others simply don't get. Gay men have no choice. Whilst my proofreader and I was going through this episode together, I suddenly realised how homophobic this kind of response was. It assumes gay men would be willing to sacrifice their love life, their social life, everything to be clean. But that means they effectively have to become straight. Heterosexuals? can still have a relatively normal life, just one without drugs. Gay men have to give up being actively gay because everything on their typical gay scene – maybe it's different if you're a multimillionaire, but I doubt it – is associated with drugs. Now on to fixing the gay scene and how to navigate around it safely after addiction. I did find a group called Let's Talk About Gay Sex and Drugs, which enabled me to find 5016th Street and their services. Part of the counseling included how to use the dating app safely, how to detoxify your home if you used it for chemsex meets, and how to re-navigate to the gay scene. This was great. Practical, real help for gay men in a unique situation. Wonderful. Unfortunately, due to lack of funding for Let's Talk About Gay Sex and Drugs monthly meet-up, this group was stopped. 5016th Street still offer their chemsex recovery programme, but you need to either live in London to hear about it, or find out by searching the internet. Large towns and cities have help of this sort, but chemsex and the mental health issues surrounding those actions just don't happen in those areas. A quick look on a dating app and a conversation later will testify to this. It doesn't matter if you're in Scotland, Middlesbrough, Isle of Wight or wherever. You will encounter chemsex users. I then found another group, again in London, called the Friday Nightclub, a non-judgmental support group for those who are still partaking in chemsex and for those who have recovered. Thanks to Covid, this has also stopped. I have looked on the internet for help and support and there is nothing that is specific to gay men like myself. Funding is scarce and ends at the top of a hat. After all, we're pretty low on the totem pole. The upstanding members of the voting public aren't going to recognise we need help as much as anyone else. So, when money is needed, Such specialised services are amalgamated into more generalised support groups that are totally inappropriate for the gay experience. You can almost hear the dismissive comments. Stay at home! Find friends where you are! Friends, yes. But potential partners? It doesn't work like that for gay men. What the heterosexuals are demanding is we become single, isolated and have no sex whatsoever. See the problem? Something needs to be done. In the absence of anyone else stepping up to the plate, I have decided I'll have a go. After all, I can perform, I can write scripts, so the next logical move is to turn the podcast into a stage show, which I'm already doing right now. The idea is to spread the message and do something about the ignorance within the straight community of the problems that afflict the gay community. I only see two solutions, lobby the government, to change politics on drug and alcohol problems for the LGBT plus people, or come up with a free at point of service solution that is available for gay and bi men, or for people who identify as gay and bi men, that can be offered online. I web host and web design for a living, an informational website where the forum isn't outside my area of expertise, especially as I run a Tourette support group. I have the experience and the technical know-how to help others, but this is no simple undertaking. I would need health professionals who can both moderate and train others to help moderate, or separate the moderators and the health professionals. The bills are rising as I type. Guidance on whether this should be a charity. Advice so that the forum doesn't turn into another dating app, or worse still, an online drug dealing forum. If the forum ends up having thousands of users, I would also need the capital to buy a physical server or a dedicated cloud server that sits in a data centre. Those things aren't cheap, and my company at present has stalled due to the current pandemic. We simply cannot afford that. I wish we could as that would be one less thing to worry about. But dreams and wishes don't pay the bills, and you can't expect people to work through the day and night watching conversations and trying to spot when people need help or are misused in the forum. Sorry, but in any large group, you will always have those who break the rules no matter what. You certainly can't expect them to do it for nothing. The gay community is large, It's not Facebook size, but it's still a lot of people, and that means this is no small undertaking. I also want to interview others on here who have had similar experiences to me. I would also like to talk to health professionals themselves so that we can start making a change. I am not going to stay quiet on this issue until there are things in place nationally to help our gay and bi men and those who identify as gay and bi men that have mental health conditions and or drug issues. We are losing too many through either drug overdose or suicide. This podcast was written, edited and produced by TJ, also known as A 90s Teenager. You can find all my social media accounts in the podcast description and you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All music used in this podcast is available from Purple Planet. Thank you for listening.